A very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Growing Dentist Podcast Show. This is Naren, your host, the founder and CEO of Equa Marketing, a full-service digital marketing company. Today, I'm super excited to have Mr. Bernie Stolz with me on the show. For those of you who may not know who Bernie is, which I don't really think you don't know him because if you have been to conferences, you probably have seen him somewhere. He's the CEO of Fortune Management, a company that he co-founded with the great Tony Robbins almost 30 years ago. Fortune Management is the world's largest executive coaching organization committed to helping doctors and their teams turn their dreams into realities. They have been awarded Best Practice Management Consultant by Dental Excellence Awards in year 2017, as well as one of the best company cultures in 2017 by Entrepreneur Magazine. Bernie is a seasoned motivator, public speaker, and acclaimed coach with over 30 years of business leadership in the healthcare community. He leads more than 80 coaches in over 60 cities across the United States and Canada. Bernie presents over 100 seminars each year and is a frequent keynote speaker at many major dental conferences. He's one of the nation's most recognized authorities on practice management and has conducted thousands of training programs to help thousands of doctors become their personal and professional best. Bernie, it's an honor to have you on the show. Welcome. Darren, pleasure to, uh, pleasure to be on the show. Good morning, my friend. Thank you, Bernie. And um, for the listeners, um, before we started this, we're just trying to brainstorm, you know, how can we have the most impact? And, and where we kind of saw alignment is, you know, in the theme of our show and the theme of Bernie's company, Fortune Management. So the theme of this show is how to create a bigger future in terms of time, money, purpose, and relationships. And Bernie's company, Bernie, I want you to start filling this in, is founded on this idea of life mastery, right? In other words, even the dental practice is not the end in itself. It's really a piece of your life. So talk to us about what do you mean by life mastery? And I also want to, for those wondering what's going to happen today, want to kind of learn from Bernie about his own story as part of this story of life mastery. Because, you know, He's one of those people who kind of lives what he preaches. So, Bernie, let's start by talking about what is life mastery. Well, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, before we go into life mastery, let's talk about where life mastery would fit into a dental practice or any organization. Uh, one of the, the, the concepts that, that we teach every one of our, 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 our clients and doctors all over North America is if you are going to approach the growth of a dental practice, then you've got to do it with three, in three different dimensions. First of all, you work on the culture, you work on the structure, and then you work on the strategy, all three of those. Now, let's focus on culture. Culture really says that if you're going to have a great culture to any organization, including a dental practice, then it's really the people within it. In other words, you don't grow a business, you grow the people. So let's now focus on people. If you were to have a, a dental practice 
that had a team of people who were all focused on mastering and having the very best life that they could have. One where they could enjoy on a frequent basis gratitude and happiness and kindness and abundance. What would that look like? And if all of them came with some common purpose and some common goals of, of using the dental practice as one of many vehicles to support mastering their very best life, what would that look like? Now, our true definition at Fortune Management of how you master a life, we break it down in about seven different areas. Let me go through those real quick. First of all, the first and most important area of any life that you master is the emotional fitness and mental toughness. And by the way, that's also a commonality to people who are successful in business. It's always about emotional fitness first and mental toughness. That's the key to an entrepreneur. It's the key to a great dentist. It's a great, it's a key to anybody who's going to succeed at anything in life. So mastering your emotions is where it all starts. I mean, and, and it's not just mastering and finding out how to elicit uh, the good emotions. It's also learning how to deal with the bad ones. Things like frustration and anger and disappointment and rejection. I mean, you know, Darren, as well as I do, buddy, that if you don't, if you're an entrepreneur, you're in business and you don't know how to embrace rejection, you're going to have a long, tough career. So the very first thing that we work with our, our teams and doctors on is their own internal emotional fitness and emotional mastery. Second thing that you got to have is you got to have. One second, buddy. Go ahead. Because you're giving so much information. Yeah, you're giving so much information. So I just want to slow it down and make sure that I'm getting it and sharing it, um, you know, pinpointing some of the key points. So the first thing you said is when you work uh, with a dental practice, you focus on culture, structure, and then strategy, correct? Correct. And the reason you start with culture is what if you have a team that's about gratitude, kindness, and the third thing you mentioned was uh, abundance. Abundance and happiness. Four abundance things, and happy, which happiness. Is the, which, is the four, which is the four things that I try to operate from every day of my life, personally. Yeah. Let's think that through for a second. So when you appreciate things, you know, the sun is coming up and you're happy, you're, you're, you see your daughter, you're happy, they're going to be happy, you know, they're going to appreciate you back, right? When, when you are nice to others, when you are, appreciate others, they appreciate you back. So you become this nurturing person in their life and they tend to be that person in your life. Am, am I making sense? Is that where that comes from? Well, well, a- absolutely. I mean, one of the things that, that I think it, it really helps to embrace is the concept of the law of attraction, which really says that whatever we send out to the universe, whatever we send out to other human beings, whatever we send out to the world, it's going to respond in kind. And, you know, and and I think you also couple another belief system in there too, one that has served me well. And that is, is that any relationship you have, whether it's with uh, a dentist and their patient or with your significant other or your children or your best friends or with the world, a relationship is a place you go to give. It's not a place you go to get. And what I've, what I've found is the easiest way to, to really tap into the universe and the law of attraction is by asking better questions. In fact, 
for all of your listeners, if you want to have a, a key quote, I would give you this. The quality of one's life will come down to the quality of the questions you're willing to ask yourself and others. The quality of your life comes down to the questions that you ask. One of the greatest questions that I've been able to ask myself uh, is, how can I serve? How can I give? Because the moment you send that out to the universe, now the universe smiles upon you and it looks back and it says, no, 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 how can we help you? And it opens up the world in infinite abundance. The challenge with most people is that they're, and, and, and not, not bad people with bad intentions, actually great people who are going after goals, goals that they've set, whether it be financial or in relationships or health or whatever it is. And the challenge, though, it's good to have goals. I teach goal setting. The challenge, though, is how you're going about going after your goals. Because sometimes what people do is they get in this very, very, uh, I would call, proactive place where it's like, I need this, I want this, I must have this. And really, I don't know that the universe hears all that. I, hear, I think what the universe hears is gimme, gimme, gimme. And right. the challenge is, 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 you know, you know as well as I do, Naren, the, the universe is just a mirror image of us. So if you're sending request mode out, then the universe tends to look back at us and laugh at us sometime and say, no, 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 you got it wrong, bud. How can you, you gimme, gimme, gimme. And sometimes it ends up sucking the life out of people. And then people understand, don't understand why they're always striving. They're never quite arriving. The wrong people keep showing up in their life. So the key to this is change the question. And the question is, how can I give? How can I serve? Because when Absolutely. you do that, the world opens up. So, so I mean, the, and, the, and the reason I come from those emotions, and, and by the way, you have to decide to come from emotions every day, every day like gratitude and kindness and abundance and, and happiness. You've got to decide that. It doesn't happen by itself. But when you do that, you're just a better person. You just operate from a better place. I, I just want to reflect on a lot of the things you said, right? Um, when you, so what you're saying is the universe does what you do. So if you give, universe gives to you. If you are, appreciate others, universe will appreciate you. Am I correct? Even love. Love is not that about is getting. Correct. Love is about giving. So that you said relationships is about giving. So the more right. you love someone. And, uh, and, yeah. The more and and to go that. opposite of that, the, the more you try to suck out of the universe, the more that you, you know, that you're, you're sending, you know, negative things out, the more the negative is going to come back to you. Like attracts like. Right. But I also uh, wanted to kind of um, piggyback on one thing you just said, which is uh, some people are always striving. They're never arriving because I think I had that problem and I'm trying to overcome it. But can you talk about that more, please? <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think here's what I would say about that is is maybe take the focus off of what you're trying to strive for and focus more on the needs of others. Uh what I what I know is is that whenever I have truly truly taken the focus off of my own goals and put them on to how to help other people achieve theirs I have always been rewarded, you know, and, and here's what you can't do. You can't keep score. 
You can, in other words, you can't say, well, I did this for you, so I expect you to do this for me. That's not how the universe works. The way the universe works is, is you'll give to somebody who needs you and something else will come from a whole different direction and hit you in the back of the head. And so, but overall, as a rule, the universe works. It's never failed me. Call it karma, call it a track, call it whatever you want. But I mean, that, that, that is, uh, that, that to me is a, a key. But I know the less I focus on my own goals, the more I end up getting them. You know, I'll give you a great example. When, when we went into a, a worldwide kind of recession in about 2008 through 2012, you know, one of the things, one of the, the pieces of advice that I would give doctors and just human beings all over was, look, I realize that money's a little tighter for you. I realize your patient flow is down. I realize your profits are down and maybe you don't have the money that you had a year, two years ago. And here's my number one piece of advice I gave them. Go focus on somebody who's got it worse than you. Because when you do that, number one, you get a newfound appreciation for what you do have. You get new gratitudes for what you do have, but also the focus comes off of you and your pity party and it focuses on someone who needs the energy more. And, and you know, the key always to me is gratitude. Gratitude is a high, strong, bright energy source that extinguishes the darkness. I challenge you, Naren. I challenge anybody listening to this show today. It is impossible to carry two emotions simultaneously in your head and your heart. And that's gratitude and fear. The gratitude always extinguishes the fear. So the key is get grateful. How do you get grateful? By asking good questions, as I said. The number one question I ask every morning in my life when I'm on the stair climber or taking a run or on my bike or whatever, the number one question I ask is, what am I most grateful for today? And, 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 and my head starts and my heart starts being filled with all the things that I'm grateful for and what I could be grateful for in all the areas of my life. Gratitude is the key. Right. And, and you're saying something. Unfortunately, I learned these lessons the hard way. I didn't have a coach like you or your team behind me. So I, I'll tell you a true story. Back up in 2008, it was all about me, 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 my goals, my plans, my desires, my dreams. And I put up a plan, doesn't work. I blame somebody. It's never my fault. And then I do it all over again. And I did that for five, six <laughs> years. And then yeah. rock, rock bottom hits and the U.S. economy crashed and I had nothing to lose. And I read this book called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And in that book, <laughs> there was a quote. Yeah. He, yeah. Says, he says, the world is full of people who are grabbing and self-seeking. In that world, the rare individual who focuses his attention on helping others get what they want has no competition. I mean, I'm like, this guy probably is not an idiot because everybody talks about Dale Carnegie. So, hey, what the hell? I have nothing to lose. Let me try to focus my energies on helping my clients, you know, succeed with, by making the phone ring without worrying too much about me and my goals and my desires. So I stopped having quarterly plans. I stopped having goals. I stopped having anything. I just every day woke up and said, how can I help somebody else succeed, right? Now, of course, it changed our life. We went from nothing to, you know, amazing, like 100 times success. 
But then I got to the other end. I'm like successful. I'm happy. Everything is great. But now whatever I have, I'm not, I feel like I need more. Then I'm like, I'm still not happy. Then I realized going back to the time I was a child, you know, um, something happened when I was five. Um, this uh, cousin came to our house and uh, she was 10 months older than me. And uh, she was so much better than me. So my mom kind of made me her project. I'm the only child. So I get 70. She's like, what about 75? What about 80? So I kept going for going and I'm never happy. Then I realized I'm going to wake up one day and all the people who I love will be out of here because they, are, they don't want to st- you know, be next to a miserable human being. So I started kind of realizing I'm not about because these things like money or external things really doesn't make you happy. Maybe for 10 minutes, you're happy with that new car or whatever. But 11th minutes, it's an old car. It's a headache. You have to take it to the garage. You know, it becomes a burden, right? So then I realized maybe I need to, you know, focus my energies on being who I am. For me personally, it's creating things, right? And enjoy it and then nurture others in doing that. That's where my happiness comes from. Anyways, I just just wanted to kind of get your take on this. I, I, I don't want to be selfish, but I... Well, I think, it, well, no, I think, I think you're spot on. And, and you know, here's, here's what I've discovered about human beings and about life. And that is human beings are happiest when they're doing two things, when they're growing and when they're contributing to others. Those are the two human needs that are universal in every human being that will make you grow and contribute like crazy. And, you know, and you think about it, it, the happiest you ever were, Naren, was, as you just said, not when you got the new car, not the day you got married, or not the birth of your daughter. No, no, no. We're seduced into thinking those are supposed to be our happiest times. But I'm going to tell you what are really our happiest times when we're in the pursuit of those things, when we're building, when we're planning, when we're growing, when we're expanding. Ray Kroc, the founder of McDonald's, had a great quote. He said, when you're green, you grow, and when you're ripe, you rot, and there's no in-between, and that's true of a human being, it's true of a business, it's true of an organization, and, and the greatest organizations with the greatest cultures, including the potential for a dental practice, is when they know why they're in business. They're in business to serve others. I know that is absolutely what Fortune Management's in, in business for. You know, the whole tagline to our company is extraordinary practice, extraordinary life. And we want to make sure that people know that it's, it's extraordinary life. The practice is secondary. You know, and, and, and I got to tell you, I'll give you a little of my background, you know, just like you were telling me when you were a, a kid. Well, I'll tell you, I did not come from money or wealth or education whatsoever. I was born to two 19-year-old kids in the inner city of San Francisco who had no money, no education. We lived with my grandmother. And uh, by the time my parents were, were 22, they had three boys, uh, me being the oldest. And so growing up, it was, you know, what was drummed into my head always was, man, you got to go out and make money. Because if you go out and make money, then you can go out and have the things you want to have. And basically, what, what I was, how I was raised was with this concept that if you have the things you want to have, then you go out to, you, then you have the ability to go out and do the things you want to do. And then you get to be happy. Have, do, be. And I'll tell you, I bought into that hook, line, and sinker. 
by the time I was 16, 17 years old, I was also exploring Dale Carnegie and, and Dr. Dennis Waitley and Zig Ziglar and anyone where I thought I could master what I thought was going to make me happy, which was the science of achievement. And I became a master of achievement to the point where I created my first business when I was 22 years old. And from the time I was 22 to the time I was 30, I'd created my first five companies. But you want to know something? At 30 years old, I hit a wall. Uh, not financially, not physically, but certainly mentally. And, and the challenge was, is I looked up one day at 30 years old, I already had a uh, a wonderful wife and children and two homes and, and five companies and I'm by, by most people's measure, massively successful, living the American dream. But guess what? I wasn't happy. Why was it? Which scared the hell out of me. And I go, well, you know, what's, what's the matter with this picture? And what I discovered was two things at 30 years old. Greatest discoveries I ever made in my life. Greatest breakthroughs, greatest shifts I ever made in my life were at 30 years old. And the first thing that I, that I distinguished was, is that I had been raised in reverse. In other words, it's not have so you can do so you can be happy. You got to be happy first. You have to master the emotions first. And it's be because what I know now and what I teach people all over the world today is, is if you can decide what emotions you want to come from and be happy, be grateful, be abundant, be kind, then you're going to be able to go out and do whatever you want to do in this world and you'll have anything you want to have. So I, I made a major distinction and my whole life changed. The focus went from personal achievement to personal development. See, there's a big difference uh, between what you have and who you become in this world. And that spills right over into your business career as well, as you can imagine. Second thing, distinction, major distinction I made when I was 30 years old was that I was not doing purposeful work. I was good at making money. I was good at buying things, selling things, and making money on the margins. And I had all the money, but I still wasn't happy because I didn't have purpose. And so at 30 years old, you know, that was when uh, Tony Robbins and I got together and I, I really took a, a good look and, and changed every part of my life. I mean, people that had known me my whole life would, would, uh, would see me nine or 12 months later. They go, boy, you look different. You change your hairstyle or what? And I said, no, no, no. I just changed one thing. And I go, really? What's that one thing? And I said, everything. And I, I really had, I, I changed not only the way I took care of my body, but, but the way I, I ate, the way I did everything, the way I treated my relationships. But most importantly, what I changed was my belief systems. And the uh, whole world changed for me there. And that led me to, to helping co-found uh, Fortune, which has been the greatest, most fulfilling, most purposeful almost 30 years of my life now. Because it, it, it's been able to do everything that I stand for, which is to help serve others, to help people to turn their dreams into their realities. But also, it, it allowed me to also still become, still do something I love, which is I love business and I love being an entrepreneur and I, and I love teaching other people how to be entrepreneurs because business is an incredible thing. Business is something that if you build it right, serves 
so many people and creates jobs and creates wealth and creates choices for human beings and adds value to other human beings. So you don't want to do anything in this world if you can't honestly say that it adds massive value. You know, I, some of the seminars that I do are on financial freedom and, 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 you know, people coming to those programs that are within our network around North America. And of course, their goal is financial freedom and like to be wealthy. And I say, well, let me, let me shorten this, this course up for you real quick. At the end of the day, there's only one way to be truly wealthy in this world. And that is for you to find a way to add more value than anybody else through your chosen profession. When you can do that, the world beats a path to your door. And, and so that's, that's really, you know, where I discovered emotional fitness was, was almost 30 years ago. And I practice it every day. And, and I always want to be the student. I mean, one of the things that's a mantra for our company at Fortune, and we teach every one of our doctors and clients, is a concept called Kanai. C-A-N-I, constant and never-ending improvement, which is kind of what, what you were telling me before we went, went live on this broadcast. You go, man, I, I want to grow a thousand times. Well, great. So you're practicing Kanai. That's what you're doing there. So one of the other things I, d- I did want to do is I didn't want to, want to uh, balance off the rest of that definition of life mastery. So we kind of got stuck on that first one, which is emotional fitness. But that's a good stuck because that's the most important one, because without emotional fitness, you can't do the rest of it. So just real, uh, quick, real quick, just to kind of finish off a couple of things. So how do you practice emotional fitness? Like I know you said every day you wake up, you ask, what am I grateful for? Any other tips you can share with our listeners? Yeah, I do. Yes, I have, a, I have a three-step process that I start my day with every day. First thing I do is I make sure that my physiology and my energy level is correct. Because one thing your listeners should know is energy is the fuel of excellence. And if you don't have energy, it is very, very tough for you to bring, bring all that you need to this game called life. So for me, it changes every day depending on where I'm at, what city I'm in. But like this morning, you know, I'm at home in sunny California. And, and so I'm, I was down on my stair climber this morning and I'm getting ringing wet and I'm listening to some, some good music and I go into my head for about 30 minutes, but I'm getting my heart rate up and I'm really, really uh, oxygenating my, my bloodstream. And there's lots of ways to do it. It's, I tell everyone, look, everyone has a choice to get your, your physiology correct every morning, whether it's just taking a power walk or whether it is, uh, on a stair climb or a bike or a run or whatever it is. And, you know, look, it's not that way every morning. I mean, there's some mornings when, uh, you know, I'll fly from California to New York and the next morning I got to get up and, and start a program. Hey, sometimes I rely on deep diaphragmic breathing and, and coffee, you know, so it's whatever's going to get me in that right physiology. But that's always issue number one. Issue number two or, or step number two for me is to go through my wheel of life. And what I, and that's where I, I, I create the emotions that I want to operate and live from every day. So what I'll do is I go around my wheel of life. First thing I say is, well, what am I grateful for emotionally today? And, I, and, and my brain throws out all of the things 
that I that I should be grateful for as far as my mind and my mental fitness. You know, we have to remember that our brain is no different than the ultimate Google search engine. In other words, you ask Google any question, you're going to get thousands of answers to it. Some right, some wrong. But as you know, the better, more accurate question you ask, the better the answer you get from Google. Well, guess what? That's what our brain does. The better the question you ask it, the better the responses you'll get from your brain. So what I've learned is, is the way you get yourself in the right emotional fitness every day and come from the emotions you want is ask the right questions. So, you know, what am I most grateful for? And then I'll go to my body. What am I most grateful for physically? Did I get a good night's sleep? And I look at all the things I should be grateful for there. And then I go to my relationships. What am I most grateful for there? And who do I love? And who loves me? And I, and I elicit all of those good, good answers. Fourth area I go to is contribution. How am I going to serve today? And how am I going to, you know, give more than I take? Fifth area I'm going to look at is my career, which is all about purpose. How am I going to do purposeful work today? And how am I going to prioritize that and get the most amount, create the most amount of value in the shortest amount of time? That's why I love doing a podcast like this with you, Naren, right now is because if this thing gets circulated correctly, I can add value to literally thousands of people's lives. So I'm, I'm absolutely maximizing my time and my effort. And the, and the last thing that I'm grateful for, it used to be, you know, money, but that no longer is, is my emphasis. Now what I'm, what I'm grateful for is my lifestyle and the ability to live the life that I have and the homes and the, and the, the material things, but even the, the choices that I get to have and the lifestyle I get to live and the world I get to travel through and the people are in it. So, so what I do is I ask a series of great questions while I'm peddling on that stair climber. And at the end of that, I'm, I'm coming from the emotions I want to. And then the third step I do before I start my day is I prioritize it. Because one of the other things you have to master in your life, see, you, people are under the fallacy that you can master time. You and I cannot master time. We all have the same amount of time. We all have 24-7, 365. And you can't speed it up and you can't slow it down. So what I've learned is not to master time, but to master where we invest our energy during the day. So what I do every morning is say, okay, where am I going to invest the energy where I'm going to get the best return on investment for it, that I can help the most people in the shortest amount of time, that I can move the furthest forward with the least amount of energy. So once I've prioritized, which by the way, that, that is a key to being a great executive or leader or entrepreneur or just how you go about your day. You got to not get caught up in the noise. Too many pay people will tend to live their day by majoring in minor things. One of the things that has helped me is to cut through the noise and to get very clear, what are the, the two or three most important things that if I close my day and I get those things accomplished today, it's been a good day. So those are, that's where I get my head before I go out into the world every day. Does that make sense? That makes a ton of sense. And on your last point about, you know, a lot of people, you know, are busy, 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 but they're not making a difference. They're not accomplishing anything. And that's true for, I think, I hate to say it, but 90%. It's almost like, you know, driving and you're kind of on this autopilot mode. You, don't, you have no idea what's going on. You're just doing it. 
And uh, what you're saying is, don't do that. Prioritize, think things through. And one thing I do, and I'm sure you do this too, is I visualize my best case. Like even for this meeting, I, I visualize what would an amazing podcast look like? And then I think about how do I make it happen? So before I go in, I go in with that right frame of mind. And our brain is this powerful thing where it, it, once it knows what it wants, it's so good at getting it. Well, absolutely. It's called manifestation, right? You know, you can manifest a great life. You can manifest a great marriage. You can, you can manifest a great company, a great dental practice. You can do that. It ha- everything begins and ends in the mind. You know, so you got, you got to go there first. And, and that's what makes, by the way, if I, if I di- divert over to the concept of leadership, because I speak a lot about leadership, is that leaders are people who have incredible vision. They are people who are willing to see things better than how they really are and never willing to make them worse than they really are. You know, and, and quite frankly, you know, 90% of, of human beings will, will tend to always make things worse than what they really are when they're having a challenge. You know, they say that the, you know, uh, the, the, the coward dies a thousand deaths, but the brave man or woman only once when it really comes forth in front of you, you know, so we make a lot of stuff up in our head. That's not true. And what I've found out is you can make the opposite up. You can make the positives up and then, and then create your world through that, that lens instead. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's like we make up all these stories and then we live based on those negative stories as opposed to, you know, you create the stories you want to create, you know, like, Oh, you know, I well, that's right. Up. And, and, yeah, and, and if you look at, you know, neuroassociative conditioning, then basically what we operate through is we operate through a belief system, you know. And, and so one of the things when I do live seminars around, around North America, one of the very first things I do is I have the audience really get clear and aware of the belief systems that they are functioning and living their life and making decisions through uh, quite frankly, every one of us has a BS, a belief system that has been constructed ever since the day we were born. And we pick up beliefs all around, all throughout our lives, right? When you're a little kid, you, you, you know, you, you learn the, the basic beliefs of right, wrong, hot, cold, pain, pleasure, you know, and we learn them from everywhere. We learn them from our parents. We learn them from school. We learn them from the media today. We learn them. You learn them from your mother-in-law. I mean, you get them everywhere and you collect them as you go. And there's nothing wrong with that. The only challenge that I've, I've discovered is, is a lot of people will take in references of their past and they will assemble a belief system that they really, really don't even believe in themselves. They've just assumed it to be true. And a lot of them are limiting beliefs. You know, one thing about beliefs, and that's why you got to be so careful about what you hold as true, is that there's two types of beliefs. There's, there's empowering beliefs that make you stronger, that open your mind up, that pull you forward towards your goals and your vision. And there's limiting beliefs that hold you back. And so what, what I instruct our audience to do is let's ferret out the limiting beliefs. Let's get rid of them. Let's decide what's holding you back. Let's get rid of them and let's replace them with some new, more empowering beliefs. So, so that's a huge concept of emotional fitness 
is your belief systems. And most people get these belief systems based on their references, references of the past. But one belief that has served me well in my life is to remember that the past does not equal the future. Make right. sense? Right. So like I was talking to a dentist, I'm not a coach, but I was trying to help her out. Like, um, she has this belief that her clients won't pay. They don't have the money and they don't have, you know, so the only way she can make a living is through insurance and all that stuff. And when she believes yeah, that huge hard, limiting belief, by the way, right. huge limiting belief. Right. So you're saying it's all made up. It's not real. It's just whatever she, one incident happens and she turns that one incident into this belief. And then she lives her life or her practice based on that belief. And that's really, you know, it's like you're being your biggest enemy. Absolutely. That's what happens. And, right. and, and only that person has the ability to change it by, by thinking differently, you know? And, and so it all begins and ends in the mind. Right, right. On the other hand, you can have a positive belief system. You can say this is going to be a great day and everybody around me is caring and loving and here to you know, help others. And if you believe that, it becomes well, true. Well, that's right. And, and for that doctor who believes that none of her patients have, have, have any money or they can't afford her services, usually all you have to do is change one word in that sentence and the whole con conversation of belief changes. In other words, what if she just got rid of one word and said, my patients do have money. My patients do appreciate value. And by the way, a belief is nothing like the top of a table. It can't support itself. There needs to be legs underneath the table. What we call the legs under the table are your references. So if I was coaching that dentist, what I'd ask her is I'd say, well, let me ask you, I go, have you ever had a patient who's come in and wrote you a check in full for uh, an eight or 10 or 12 unit anterior veneer case? Have you ever had someone who came in and wanted four implants? Have you ever had anybody who has given you a positive Yelp review and thanked you for changing their life? And, and one of the beliefs that has to happen in dentistry today is the people within the profession must believe that dentistry is an incredibly good investment because it is. I mean, I, you know, I will go around the country and, and I, I pose a question to the dentists in the room and I'll say, I want any of you to stand up and tell me the last time you did a major elective life-changing case. You, you know, completed Invisalign. You uh, did a 12-unit interior veneer case. You gave somebody an all-on four new arts. You, you put in implants. You helped their sleep apnea. Any of these things which are not covered by the insurance. I go, give me, give me one instance where somebody spent some real money of their own that you changed their life, that they came back at a later date and said, I wish I hadn't done it. I wish I hadn't spent this money. You know, in, in almost a quarter century of me asking that question, I've never had a dentist stand up and tell me a story. What they usually will always say is, nope, we hear the opposite. That same person that wrote the check for the five, 10, 15, $25,000, usually what they come back and say is, I wish I would have did this sooner.
I wish I would have spent this money. That's the only reference that that dentist needs is to understand that dentistry is a great investment. Because see, if you, if you believe it and, you're, and that is what your stock in trading is, then people will start believing it with you. But if you believe that nobody has any money or that you're not creating value for your patients, of course people can smell fear. Make sense? Totally sense. Like if you don't believe something, how can others believe that about you? Absolutely. You know, I've done over the years, I mean, I've done tons of influence programs, sales training, however you want to call it. And I will tell you the number one asset that any influencer must have is they must believe in their product or service. If you don't believe in yourself or your product, your service or your practice, if you're a dentist, then why should anybody else? Right, right, right. And you can't fake it, right? Like some people say, no, 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 no. Even though I don't believe it, I, I, I fake it. You're saying that's BS. It's not going to work. People smell phony. Right. People smell phony, man. You got, you got to live it. I mean, I, I mean, I hope, Naren, in this brief time that you and I are spending together, that you can hear my confidence and my genuine belief in what we do as an organization at Fortune. We're in the business of changing lives. We're in the business of helping dentists to take an entrepreneurial approach to their, to their careers. You know, and a lot of times what it means for us is, is we have to debug the dentist from their limiting beliefs when they first start with us. You know, in other words, let's believe some things about dentistry today. First of all, let's believe that dentistry is an incredible profession that is growing, that is an incredible business model. I mean, that's another thing. I mean, people don't give dentistry the credit for, for it can be a hugely profitable business. I mean, one of the things that, uh, you know, for really looking at the profession today, circa 2018. The profession is really going in down three different paths. On one on one at one end of the spectrum, you've got corporate dentistry, you've got DSOs who are thriving and growing. Now why are they doing that? Well they're doing that because they have figured out what the consumer, the dental consumer wants. And by the way, I mean there, there's like 10 things that if you're not nailing all 10 of those things in your practice, then you are not giving the patient what they want. They're not going to stay. And by the way, let me, for your listeners, give you my number one definition of success. Find out what people want, how they want it, and then fill the need quickly and elegantly. It's in any business. It's, it goes back to the concept of a relationship is a place you go to give, not a place you go to get. When a dental team really, really incorporates that into the culture of their being, the whole conversation changes. And whether you love corporate dentistry or hate it, the credit that they must be given today is they are nailing the things that the dental consumer wants. What does the dental consumer want today? The modern dental millennial consumer today, what do they want? They want better dentistry. They want faster dentistry. They want more affordable dentistry. They want safer dentistry. 
But they also want some other things. They want, you know, I don't know what the number is up in Canada, but I know for sure what it is in, in the United States, and that is 88% of new patients polled expect that dental practice to be in network with their insurance plans. They expect convenient hours. They expect week, they, they expect, we know that the easiest hygiene appointments to, to sell today are five, six, seven o'clock at night. They want Saturdays. They want multi-specialty. They want, they want a convenient payment terms. They want single visit dentistry with things like CEREC. They want lasers. They want, they want these things. And, and so corporate dentistry for the most part, whether, you know, they've done it with integrity and high quality or not, that's always a question. But the reality of it is, is they are delivering on what the consumer wants. And there's no secret as to why private equity and venture capital and, and large funds, fun, you know, uh, investment funds have, have been drawn to dentistry because where else are you going to park your portfolio or part of your portfolio and be able to consistently deliver 20 points of cash on cash return, EBITDA on a yearly basis, and also park that money in a tax-free growth environment? There's not a lot of places to do that. Now, on the other end of the equation in the profession, what you've got is you've got the struggling side of the profession. Who are these folks? These are the people who have not embraced change. These are the dentists who I will call the taxi cabs in an Uber world today. These are the ones that will continue to only be available for their, for their patients 32 hours a week. They will uh, continue to try to not take insurance. They will uh, continue to, to, to not invest sometimes in, in, in the technology or the good teams or the good environments that they need to do that with. Um, and they'll continue to spend a ton of money on advertising because they think that's the, the, the ticket, the challenge is, is their profitability will continue to decline. And it's a very simple reason why. It's because they've not tapped into one of the greatest gifts in dentistry, which is economy of scale. Economy of scale is what we're teaching today. See, I, what I believe, and one of the things that we stand for at, at Fortune is, is that why not have private practitioners sharing in the economy of scale just like corporate dentistry, but instead of having these businesses owned by big management companies or venture capital or private equity, why not have them be dentist owned? So one of the things that, that I talk about in the new book that, that's being released here within the next month or two, it's called The Win, the Win, Win uh, Scenario, which is all, it's a deal maker's guide to buying and selling dental practices. And really one of the concepts is, is what I see and where I see the profession really thriving with private practitioners is for them that to do the exact same thing that physicians had to do 20, 25 years ago, which is merge their resources. In other words, we know that if we have a single practitioner with, its, with their own P&L and we have a second one, say they're both doing a million dollars a year, if we can merge those two under one roof with one shared P&L, there's an immediate massive improvement to profitability. And we can afford 
a better team, a better facility. We can invest the half a million dollars into technology for CEREC and comb beam and lasers. We can do those things because to think that one single practitioner working 30 hours a week is going to utilize half a million dollars worth of technology in 30 hours a week, that's, that's pretty hard to make that make sense. But if we can have two or three or four doctors working under the same roof, and, and then you can bring the concept of multi-specialty in too. So we, I speak about that a lot in the book. I mean, the other thing that I speak about in the book is, is, uh, is the fact that there's really three dimensions, again, three dimensions of where dentistry is at today. I mean, I think on one end, you've got a lot of de novo, state-of-the-art, brand-new practices built by young dentists. Uh, we have a whole startup division and fast-track program for young dentists in North America. So we help them to, to build new facilities and, and, and build them from scratch because more and more, the young millennial dentists do not want to buy the old beat-up uh, dilapidated uh, practices. They'd rather build something from scratch and the banks would rather lend on that. So we know there's going to be new construction, very much like the housing market. You've got, you have three classes there. You've got obviously new construction housing. You've also got what are called fixer uppers. What's a fixer upper dental practice? That's a dental practice that was great 20 years ago, but they, but now it's got deferred maintenance. And they haven't updated technology. They haven't updated the facility. And these are the ones who are, will continue to struggle if they don't make a move. And then you've got a third uh, dimension, which just like in housing, you've got what are called teardowns. What's a teardown house? It's one where only lot value is left. And people, contractors come and buy them. They tear them down. They build beautiful new homes. We see that a lot going on up in Toronto where you're at, right? A lot of cities in America. So. Right. Is there such a thing as a dental teardown practice? Absolutely. This is the late career dentist who is maybe 65, 70 or older, who is in a, a really uh, a facility that I'll be kind and say it has tons of deferred maintenance. It's got an old team, old equipment, old everything. So there's really only two intrinsic values left to that business. One is hopefully the doctor's good reputation of 30 or 40 years. And the other one is the patient base. So what we're doing more and more today, and I speak about this a lot in the book, is showing the retiring or exiting doctor how to maximize their liquidity out of a teardown practice by having it acquired and merged into a newer state-of-the-art practice. And a lot of times we can even elongate that doctor's career. So uh, we're doing some really cool things with that because because the other alternative for the old older dentist is is to give that to a, a practice broker. The practice brokers don't have a lot of desire to take those listings on. They don't have a good sellable asset there. So we can get them maximum money for their their exit strategy in a tax deferred liquidity event uh, by following the strategies that I talk about in the book. And what we're doing is we're giving all those patients a new relationship in a new state-of-the-art uh, style of dentistry. So, you know, there's a lot of cool things that we can take advantage of in dentistry today. I think it's a great time uh, to be in dentistry. And, of course, we at Fortune Management, 
at this point, we have the, the platform to be able to really, really impact the profession. We've got at any given time, uh, well over a thousand dental, dental clients. And of course, we have other divisions besides dentistry. We also have a plastic surgery division. We have a optometry division. We have a veterinary division, but our roots have always been dentistry. Uh, so we, we probably account for about two billion a year in the dental industry as far as, as revenue. Um, and we have over a hundred coaches and advisors throughout about 75 markets in North America today. Uh, so we can really make an impact and, and, and we are absolutely, make no mistake, we are for the preservation of private practitioner dentistry. But it has to evolve just like anything. It cannot maintain, you know, a taxi cab attitude in an Uber world. Right. That, that makes sense? Absolutely. So you're saying, I, I know Fortune, by the way, I work with some of your consultants personally and uh, because we have mutual clients. And uh, I, I know if there's one thing they're committed to, it's the success of the practice and uh, really helping the owner achieve his or her desires. So I know they don't play around. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, no, we don't mess around. I mean, the, the, one of the things that we teach our doctors across our network is to embrace what we call exponential growth. Exponential growth means that if we focus on three dimensions of growth, and that is uh, more new patients and growing the patient base, multiply that by more frequency, how many times during a calendar year can we bring every patient in, and then multiply that again by what we can get the provider to be worth per visit, we typically will grow our practices by 30, 30 to 40% a year. And, and that's, that's pretty good in, in a profession that, you know, struggles overall to maybe grow 5% a year. Our practices are growing by 30% or more a year. So we're pretty proud of that. But I think we're also proud of the fact that we're, we're not just doing it transactionally and we're not just doing it for the money. We're doing it to improve standard of care. We're doing it to, to, to help the lives of the people working within the practice as well. And again, that's, you know, where I started this conversation, we work on the culture first, then we structure the organization, and then strategy, by the way. But see, here's one of the challenges that dental practices and dentists have made for decades, is they'll go out and they'll hire a consultant, or they'll even hire you in your, in, in your company. And what they want is they want strategy. And one of the things that they'll tell you, Naren, is they'll say, hey, just send me more new patients and everything will be great. Now, you and I know that's not true, because if you send a ton of new patients into a lousy practice with a lousy culture and a lousy structure, it's still a lousy practice. So the fact of the matter is, is, you know, again, it's, you got to be first, then you do. You don't do first and then try to be. So, so there's a lot of metaphors that I gave you as far as the quality of a human being's life that really, really match the quality of a, of a quality company or a dental practice as well. And so what we have to do is sit there and coach that organization and say, look, we know you, you're hiring us to, uh, you know, because you want more marketing ideas and you want more scheduling and structure and systems and all those things. But look, let's work on your people first. Because you don't grow the business. You've got to grow the people first. We can give you all the systems and marketing tools and SEO. Optim you know, we can do all of those things. But if it's still not a good culture of your people and there's not good leadership, 
in in the practice, it's still going to fail. Right. Absolutely. I know. I think we can keep talking. Would it, would you be open to coming back, um, Bernie? Like maybe I sure. want to talk more about yeah. uh, you know the three three pillars of how you coach plus you know this life mastery. I know we touched on only a small part of it. I would love to have. Yeah. You. Yeah. Why don't we? Yeah. We'll we'll do we'll do another one. Uh, let's uh, let's get this one out there and see how how it's received by your by your audience and uh, happy to happy to reconnect at a later date with you, Naren. Uh, it's Thank been a pleasure to be on uh, been a, been a pleasure to be on your show and learn a little bit more about all the great things that you're doing for dental practices as well. So thank you. Thank you very much. I learned so much. And, uh, you know, you, you, I think it's just like you have so much of knowledge and experience over a 30-year period. And uh, it's very hard to capture all of it in uh, 60 minutes. I'm, I'm trying my best. So let me ask you one last question before we wrap up. If people want to get sure. a hold of you, is the best place to go is fortunemanagement.com. And do you mind if you put a link and put more information about your upcoming book? Anything you want to leave with our listeners as to how they can... Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, website is, is always the key. It's fortunemgmt.com. So fortunemgmt.com. And, uh, and of course, there's, there's a toll-free number there if you want to talk to somebody live right up there. And, and I would say definitely anyone who's interested in Fortune, go to the website first. Reason being is, is you will see all of the different verticals and divisions of the company. Um, you know, a lot of times when I'm uh, running around the country and I'm, I'm giving speeches, I, I will make the claim that Fortune is the most total immersion postgraduate program on the planet for a dentist. And I always tell people, if you don't believe me, just go to the website because what you'll see there is you'll see more information about our executive coaching programs. You'll see more about our accredited training universities, about our hygiene mastery program, about our cloud-based monitoring systems, our cloud-based HR programs, our, our online CE training programs. We also have a financial planning and money management division for all of our clients. We've got a, a new dentist startup division. We've got a fast track program for young dentists. We have a charitable division, which is a 501c charity that we, uh, our doctors do mission work in third world countries all over the world. Um, and we do a lot of domestic charitable work like Freedom Day every year as well, where we're, we're doing a, a free day of dentistry for all of the troops and their families, anyone who's uh, in military uh, or retired or active. Um, we, we're also a products company. We, we create a company called AuraCare, which is the, a, a activated chlorine dioxide rinse for everyday use for everybody. That's, it, it's universal. It's one of the very best rinses out there to be sold in the hygiene departments. Um, so it goes, it goes on and on as far as uh, what we do. We also do a lot of work in the area of mergers and acquisitions and transition planning. So, so we're pretty, pretty, uh, pretty total immersion. There'll be uh, information about a lot of books and stuff that I've done. It's all, there's also a calendar of, you know, where all of our training universities are taking place. And uh, I'm excited to tell you too, Naren, we have a whole new group of, of uh, coaches that are relaunching in Toronto uh, by early next year. We, uh, we have been in Toronto before. 
Um, we currently are not, do not have boots on the ground coaches there, but that's going to change uh, within the next six months. We love, uh, we love the Canadian, Canadian dental market as well as, as the U.S. And uh, Toronto is obviously the hub there, so we're excited. But, um, yeah, any, any information, anything we can serve to you, one of the things that I would put an invitation out to all your listeners is anyone who is listening today, please take advantage of a gift certificate that we'll give you, which is a $2,500 value, which allows one of our executive coaches in whatever city you're in to come in, spend half a day, take the doctor to lunch, and do what we call a practice analysis and opportunity assessment, where they will actually come in and they will look at about 20 major areas of, of that dental practice. They'll write about a 15-page report, and then they'll come back and do a follow-up meeting. Because one of the things that also makes us different at Fortune is, is we have some, some mottos. One is, is that if we teach it, we do it. And if we don't do it, we don't teach it. And one of the things that we've taught our practitioners for three decades now is that diagnosis without examination is malpractice. <laughs> so we are not like, we're not like the, the typical consultants who say, oh yeah, we can do a great job and they've never even stepped foot in your practice. So what we do is we kind of put our money up first. We say, look, we'll come in, we'll do all the diagnostics first. We'll do the examination first. And then we'll come back and say, hey, you know, here's some things that are doing great with your practice that you're doing well. And here are a ton of opportunities where we think we can get you to the next level. And of course, we want to match that to what the doctor's vision is and what their goals are. You know, the, the basic fundamental difference between coaching and consulting is consultants will come in and tell that doctor a lot of times or that practice or that team how they should be and what they want. And I think that's offensive. I think that is, that is uh, other people coming in and putting their expectations on, on that, that group. I think that's horrible. So what we do at Fortune is we go in reverse. We go in, we ask five questions right out of the gates. Number one, where are you at right now? Second question, how'd you get there? Third is the most important one for us. Where do you want to go? If this practice was, you know, in 12 months, five years, whatever your timeline is, if this, what's your vision? What, where do you want to go? What would it look like? How much money would you make? What would your standard of care look like? What would the culture look like? What would the team look like? So we want to get very, very clear and laser focused with that doctor on where they want to go. Fourth question is, do you have a plan in place to get yourself there? And the fifth question, of course, is, is how can we help? So that's, that's a little bit of, of uh, the secret sauce of what makes Fortune different and why we've been successful for now three decades. Right. Right. That's awesome. You know, um, I mean, you have done something amazing. You built this very large organization, and you said this is one of many companies you have built over the years. So this is amazing, and I'm so... Uh, you know, so thankful for you to share your time and your wisdom. And uh, yeah, we, we reach thousands of people. So we would love to get it out there. And uh, so thank you very much for your time. And I also want to thank all of our listeners uh, for listening. If you love this podcast, please feel free to share it on social media. Uh, on uh, I, I know you already do. Many of you, you know, post our stuff on Facebook and LinkedIn and various places. So Feel free to share it. Also, you can, you know, listen to it anywhere on your car, you're driving, whatever, you know, on iTunes, 
you name it, we distribute it in so many different places. Uh, also, feel free to write a review for us if you felt you got value from it. Say what you liked about you know this podcast today. So thank you everyone for listening and thank you Bernie for your time. I look forward to our part two and uh, uh, you know talking to you more about you know life mastery and and how you go about helping practices. Well, it's absolutely my pleasure. I think you're doing a good thing with this series, Naren. So thank you very much. God bless. Thank you, Doc. Thank you.